0: Welcome back to Rock Bottom to Recovery, Episode 3. I am Shane Johnson. I'm Bill Farrell. We have a special guest, uh, Judy McDonough of the Edwina Martin House. Executive Director. Yeah, I just actually learned how to properly spell executive. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a good thing. Um, So yes, this is Episode 3 of Rock Bottom to Recovery Podcast. If you're just tuning in now, um, we started this podcast... To basically bring awareness and create a platform for open discussion in a non-judgmental, um, n- a non-judgmental way. We want to, you know, touch on all topics such as, like, you know, where where the arguments come from, um, harm reduction to, you know, uh, true abstinence to um, all all forms and all pathways to recovery. Um, we want to create. An open door system where there is no judgment and help can be received on on all ends for your
1: recovery. And maybe even change the thought process uh, about um, addiction or abuse. Substance, what is it? What Substance it? use. Substance use
0: abuse. Disorder. It's Substance use disorder. Disorder, yes.
1: Oh, we got uh, uh, to be politically. We have to be political. Yes, uh, well, I mean, it's our <laughs> podcast. All right. This is sure. true. We have to be totally so we're politically good. correct. Um, So wait, uh, so let's just, um, I think last time, um, uh, we'll we'll make some announcements real quick um, as far as Holbrook goes. Um, Holbrook cares is a coalition that I belong to um, right here in the town where we're uh, actually going live. Holbrook, Massachusetts. Holbrook, Massachusetts. We're at um, Holbrook uh, H Camp. And um, so um, the Holbrook cares coalition consists of... um, um, um uh, people from the community uh who are trying to bring education and awareness um to the uh, substance abuse disorder um so they discuss what we can do about the drug epidemic in the area and we uh, meet every first tuesday of every month at the holbrook town hall 7 p.m can i repeat that we meet every first tuesday of every month at the holbrook town hall 7 p.m um we also have a drop-in center which uh just uh had going this uh, past Monday and uh, a lot of resources. Um, We're uh, working with uh, Avon, and so it's the Holbrook-Avon Hope Drop-In Center, and um, it is sponsored by the Office of the Norfolk District Attorney, Avon and Holbrook Police Departments, and Holbrook Cares. And uh, we're providing resources on substance abuse addictions, treatments, and support to our local communities. And the, um, the goal of our uh, drop-in centers uh to introduce people to, the, again, the local resources. And we also have um, Narcan training. We also have um, clinicians. Um, so stop in. It's the um, second Monday of every month, 6 to 8 p.m. at Brookville Baptist Church. And then um, in Avon, um, it's every fourth Monday of the month, 6 to 8, um, at the Avon Council of Aging. Do you have anything... Um, We'll talk about that at the end. No, no, I don't. That was uh, really good. Was that good? That was very good. So, yeah. Oh, and, and wait, before we uh, introduce Judy, I just want to apologize to uh, the. Um, when we went live last week, um, in the process of trying to figure this out, since we're new to the, to the whole podcast scene. Um, I ended up deleting it live, but. Yeah, he deleted the whole episode. We <laughs> did it, and it was good. But thank God Zach saved Zach, it. Zach, our, uh, our producer. Oh, can
0: <laughs> we also bring up the fact that you stole your wife's glasses yes. again
1: with the pretty floral? Yes. So just say, everybody, back by popular demand, my wife's floral <laughs> reading glasses, which I, I will be wearing throughout the podcast. And so, so,
0: once again, we have a guest, Judy McDonough. And Judy, just so you know. This is Instagram. This is Facebook Live. My Instagram has uh, 10,000 followers. Um, and for those who don't know, uh, do you, what what town is the Adewina Martin in? Um, Brock- in Brockton. Okay, so Adewina Martin House is a is a female halfway house in um, Brockton, in Brockton, Mark- Massachusetts. Um, it's been around for 35 years, and one of the biggest struggles that we see in Massachusetts, and I'm I'm see on a national level because I work out of um you know in florida as well is that there is not enough help for women uh, there's absolutely not enough help for women the ratio from you know help from men to women um, is staggering, and uh, so thank God we have a house like this, and we have a director like this that has been leading the way, um, and, and with thirty-one years in recovery, uh, as she had said earlier, which is just pretty amazing. So mm-hmm. I want to congratulate you on that as well. Thank you very much. Um, and also, if you want to
1: introduce yourself and you know take it away, the shows you. Oh. before you do, okay. I just want to point out something real quick to the to Live Nation. Um, so when I was reading up on the Edwina Mountain House, which you'll tell us about in a minute, I just thought this was uh, very, very important because um, t- it's, the article was reading, Today Edwina Mountain House is run by an equally loving and compassionate woman named Judy McDonough. Whoa. Equally loving and compassionate, and which I thought was phenomenal because yeah. that describes you to the T. Thank you. So with that, go ahead and tell us about the Edwina Mountain House.
2: Okay, so... Um I was working at. Oh, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. So I'm. Uh, um, I'm in recovery for 31 years. I grew up in an alcoholic family, and when I say alcoholic family, um, all the members of my family are in recovery now, which is a great thing. I have uh, four brothers and a sister, and we were all, um, you know, s- stuck in the uh, the uh, ad- the world of addiction. Um, my mother and father also. Um, I- I can just tell you that when, it, when I grew up in that world, um, the, um, the height of, of explaining that is my father died in the VA hospital of something called wet brain which, you know, we all know what that is, you know. Right. Um, so so that's just to give you a little background on um, the kind of experiences that I grew up with. And then um, when I became, when I came into recovery, I actually followed one of my family members into recovery um, at the age of 23. I was very fortunate to be coming to AA and um, to still be in AA today with, you know, with um with recovery and not a lot of stories about relapse. So um, so that's just a quick background and, um, to let you know where my experiences came from. And then um, soon after I became sober, I started to become very attracted to the world of recovery and what was going on in there. I, um, I went to school. I worked in a halfway house. The first halfway house I worked in was the aunt's house in South Boston, um, worked there for six years, and then I worked at the uh, Gavin House. I, um, Gavin House was under another foundation at the time called the Arch Foundation, and um, I was uh, sober for many years, and um, I never even heard of the Edwina Martin House. And um, somebody brought it to my attention that the Edwina Martin House was run in um, cooperation with Catholic Charities, and Catholic Charities was no longer able to um, run Edwina Martin House, and they were slated to close in 2004. And um, I was pulled into a group of five women who said that we cannot let this happen, we cannot, you know, let the Edwina Martin House close. Uh, Edwina Martin um, was a... um, was the founder of the house, and she was a real spitfire from what I hear. I've never met her personally. And um, she had done a lot of great work helping women, you know, find their path in recovery. And um, so so that's how I became in, uh, engulfed in the Edwina Martin house. I was pulled in by uh, some, some other woman saying, we can't let this happen. So we um, started to... Work on how, you know how to do a corporation and and that's now Edwina Martin House, it, you know, flies solo under its own um, EMH Recovery Corporation, and that's kind of how I got involved with them. What we do?
1: I'm sorry, ahead. I didn't mean yeah, to cut you off, that, but I it. just wanted to point out. So you really had no idea, like what you were doing when you got into this, right? right? Working
2: Correct. with okay. women. Yeah. yeah women are uh, um there you know, I worked with men for um twenty years before I started working with women. and um you know, to say the least, women's lives and their addiction has so many more complications that um, there was so there was such a big learning curve for me with um, working with women. and the more I worked with women, the more I I loved and respected their struggles because they are some of the toughest people. When it comes to recovery, they are some of the toughest people on themselves and challenging their own um, their own um, path to recovery. They, they they can be the hardest on themselves than anybody, and. Um, yeah, it was a big learning curve for me. I, I mean, you,
0: even even here it says women have unique needs that should be addressed during substance use disorder treatment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, you know a little further down it says support for women with children care. I mean that that's a huge thing. Is right. some some women come into uh, detox pregnant. Some women come into halfway houses with their kids, yeah. um, and a lot of them are turned away. There's not much right. help for that situation, and f- you know. Um, I know personally that uh, you know I've been through the courts with child support and things like that is that it's very uh, it's very hard on a court a court doesn't automatically rip a child from a mother yeah. I mean, it does. It takes a lot of strikes in mm-hmm. order for that to happen. So a lot of the times, the women are coming in with their kids. Yeah. Uh, someone just hit me up the other day asking, Shane, I need to get into treatment with my three kids. Yeah. And I had no answer yeah, for her. Yeah, that's
2: a, that's a tough one. And, yeah.
0: um, I, and I didn't. And yeah. And the only thing I could think of in my head was, you know, call DCF, you know, right. but that's such a fear yeah and so no,
2: yeah there are there are other resources um some of them um the institute for health and recovery is a good place for somebody who is pregnant and who wants to um get into recovery and has you know a lot of times people have wicked habits when they're when they're uh, pregnant and they're just finding out so if they could call some place like the um institute for health and recovery they will help them through that process of um holding on to their baby Getting some uh, treatment and getting into um, long-term recovery and housing. So there's there are some good resources now. Um, Edwina Martin House does take pregnant women into the house, and uh, yes, and the, and they can have their babies there. Wow, Unfortunately, that's we It is. It's yeah. it's, it's it's an that's unbelievable huge. process to see too. It's uh it's amazing.
1: Is that the
0: only? Um uh, no, there's Women's a recovery house. It's in the Emerson house, and where is that? That's uh, in the, that's Cape, the Cape. Down the
2: Cape, down in Falmouth, and um, there's the Grace House, and there's Woman's Place in Boston. and
0: The Great Grace House, where's that? Uh, oh.
2: my, well, uh, Worcester, I believe. Okay. Yeah, okay. I believe it's in Worcester. Yeah. Um, so there's, uh, a, there's a few, but there's yes, not a lot. Yeah, no, and the isn't. Serenity House, and they're in um, uh, Hoppington. That's where they're out of yeah so the, so there are a few now and um, more on the way I hope you know um, well I don't hope you know you yeah. wish this addiction was going so, away but it's so, not
0: So let me ask you something because I know that it, it costs. these are expensive costs uh, and people do need help, especially women. Right. Uh, men, men need help as well, but yeah. when we're here talking about the Edwina Martin House, yeah. which is a woman's house, right. and uh, I see it firsthand, even with sober houses, that you know I need to get a female sober house, and I'm like, I don't, I, I know a very few that are uh, healthy. Uh, yeah. uh, I know one up in Portland um, that's actually called the Grace House, that's run by a lady named Sarah, which is amazing. It's right. an amazing women's house. I've been through it, um, <laughs> been through it. I've walked through it. She well, gave, me, she gave well, me a walk. What's through. going on there? Yeah, no, but um, <laughs> but what I'm saying is. Um, And I know that it's controversial. I mean, the other day I got into kind of a spat with someone with the need for funding and then the cutback on funding of $1.6 million. Uh, Where does it or how does it affect um, a program like yours or programs that need to start up when we're asking for more money and we're actually having millions taken from us?
2: And the question is. <laughs> so the question
0: is, how does it affect? Like, do you see that effect um, in your house personally? And do you see that effect with? Like, wh- why aren't there uh, more uh, more houses? Yeah, why aren't? Why is it such a struggle to get more women's houses up?
2: In a way, I I, I really don't know because when when people are in recovery, their they're um they have their families, their kids, their their their. They're not using as many of resources like the courts, DCF, you know, uh aid to dependent children, all um Department of Transitional Assistance, they're not using those resources. They're starting to to um work and they're starting to take care of their own kids and uh so those resources aren't as uh, stretched out. Um why they would not go towards supporting more recovery it's a hard question to say,
0: you know. I remember being at the Gavin House, and when I got in there, they were—I think it was vote no on question two—to take away the money for the taxes oh, for the liquor. Oh, I remember and so that. The, yeah, So, yeah, so a the a taxes supported halfway houses, houses for the liquor. Oh, when we and lost. I remember them canceling it. I yes. remember them. Ta- we lost that that, that battle, bill, which would have
2: been so which helpful. Which would have
0: been so helpful, and I could see the change in food in the house. Right. Yeah. You know, and and what people don't know is that we pay for so technically most of we're homeless when we're in these halfway houses. I was homeless, I was sleeping in the back of a truck a month before getting in there. And so my food stamps that I, that I got contribute yeah. towards the food in the house. Right. But my food stamps also contribute towards the cushion house as well. It's kind of like a, a balance, and we're trying right. to split as much as possible. And when they voted no or, or voted yeah, I don't remember which one it was, but when they took that tax money away from the halfway houses, you could feel the pinch. Right. And it
1: affected us. And,
2: you know, the sad thing about that is when when that happens— you know, food pantries were set up for small, struggling families in people's yeah. communities, and now the halfway houses and, and some of those residential programs had to go to those food pantries. Hmm. So when, when we're taking that food, what's happening to the people who it was originally set up for?
0: Yeah, so you know, it's, it's so- like the, the <coughs> poor are forced to take from the poor. <laughs> which is, is just an amazing concept yeah, and right. it's tragic it's, yeah.
1: it it was tough yeah and it's oh. still tough isn't it
2: yeah oh yeah it's Absolutely. A, I, I think it is but we have so many more mandates on us that now what we were talking about earlier that halfway houses were originally set up to um, to do and what they're set up to do now because the addiction has become so complicated that, you know, you have to have more professional people on staff and that costs more money, Correct. you know. So we're not just helping people sober up and get a job. We're helping people with trauma. We're helping, helping people with abuse. We're helping, helping people with mental health disorders. And um, and their lives are more complicated. Women's lives are more complicated because we're always more attached to our families. So when uh, when a woman goes into, let's just say she's in the house and she's, uh, she's going into group, she does not put her thoughts of her family aside. A lot of times while she's in group trying to process and learn things about her own addiction, she's playing the thing in the back about what's going on with her kids and why isn't she with her kids or why isn't she helping her mother and father or why isn't she doing this and that. So there's a, there's a real hard time disconnecting from all of that to focus on, on self, right. you
1: know? Right. right. It's... Um, um I was looking up the National Institute on Drug Abuse. Um, 15.8 million women, or 12.9% ages 18 or older, have used illicit drugs in the past year. But that comes from uh, 2014. I mean, that's staggering. Um, And uh, as Shane was saying, that like, excuse me. Um, The term illicit refers, just so um, people know, refer to the use of illegal drugs, including marijuana, according to the federal law, and the misuse of uh, prescription drugs. Um, I was um, very – reading that, I was just – I was blown away at the number, but – One of the things that I did notice, as far as women goes, uh, they may have more drug cravings and may be more likely to relapse after treatment, right? Which um, might tie in with like a lot of the you know the stuff that women have to deal with, like the families and stuff. And I'm sure there's guilt that comes with that, correct?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of guilt and shame. Shame. That's yeah, and um, people, like I said, women are harder on them. On themselves, right. women are harder on women. You know, it's it, it it's just a uh, it's just a fact. And um, w- one of the things that does really help to uh, combat that is the Vivitrol shot. I, yeah. I'm not sure you guys yeah, are yeah, we right are familiar right. with the Vivitrol. But, and um, it is something that really helps with uh, cravings and moving forward. You know, and it doesn't have any adverse effects. So, you know, it, it is a, a pretty good um, alternative for somebody who is trying to stay. Sober,
1: but yeah. but Vivitrol um, really needs to be worked with the program. Yes. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Nothing. is Some, a, a, some people uh, just think, oh, I'm going to oh, take no. the Vivitrol yeah. shot and it's, everything's yeah. solved. That's yeah.
2: not. No. Yeah. It's like getting yeah. on Wellbutrin to get off cigarettes. You just can't. It's not going to happen magically. Right. There's a lot of things that you need to address. Your I mean, behavior, they, your thoughts, the the way you know the people that you were around, the behaviors that they were doing, you were doing. I mean. Moving forward has so many implications. Right.
0: Yeah, I'm, and and the thing too is you you said that women are harder on themselves and harder on each other. But I mean, we see it in the news today that society is harder on women now.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: they're they're trying to cut out Planned Parenthood. I get that. People oh, have I choices, know. but some of those situations that women find themselves in when they're pregnant, right. unwilling pregnancy, right. yeah. I mean, we're we're talking about sexual assault and things like that, right. and now they're just trying to cut the legs out from under it. I understand where from, you know, a religious society view, I, I, I get where... Yeah, I people's, get people's morals arguments. and their, you know... Yes, the, but I, I think it makes it even more difficult. You know, I think yeah. it makes it more difficult to where you have a system set up which is planned parenthood attacking a woman's rights and there are so many different reasons and i look i and this is not something i've ever been proud about but before i got into recovery that was that was a thing i would you know i have one daughter right but i would i would date a woman she would get pregnant and we go through either a miscarriage or an abortion and Mm. i personally watched destruction of these women physically, like they will lose all weight and they become depressed. And my whole attitude while I was using was like, damn, that sucks to be you.
2: Yeah. You know? And
0: like, but I, now yeah. I look at it and I'm like, man, that's, it really does suck. Right. Yeah. You know, it. it and it was but,
2: like I said, women's lives are more complicated.
0: Yeah. And, <laughs> and I grew up with all women. Yeah. And, um, my, my mother, I, I, I got placed in a foster home at three years old, um, because they thought my mom at 18 years old was unfit to, raised me and my sister mm-hmm. and that my father had like a severe criminal record and and so they take us into this foster home and uh, 30 years ago so i'm I'm three years old at the time and i can remember this 30 years ago i'm being beaten by a fireman that was mm-hmm. my foster father mm-hmm. and back then they said well he's a fireman because he's considered upper class almost right. at that time he's under a lot of stress forgive him yeah and i stay i was stayed at that house for another six months right but dove got involved um uh the um uh what's the um the women's program in it's a uh shelter for women in Braintree. um i can't think of the so my mom got involved and it became very difficult for her as a single mother to raise two kids soon to be three now we have you know four um but it was it was it was very difficult because they you know 30 years ago they felt even thirty years ago, and this is not a long time ago, no. they felt women weren't strong enough to raise kids on their own. Right. My mother obviously yeah. proves I'm wrong. Right. But they made it extremely difficult for her to get us back. And then they made it even more difficult by not getting out of our lives for another twelve years. So it just I, I see that, you know, mm-hmm. and I see it even now with my you know, substance abuse and I see it now substance use disorder. Yes. But I do, I see it now with the you know, society has created a system in Massachusetts where the men's treatment outnumbers the women's treatment, and we still can't figure out why.
2: Well, we know why. It's, it's yeah. more expensive. Yeah. Yeah, it's more expensive to treat women.
0: But it's yeah. money. Know.
2: Yes, money. Mm. Yeah.
0: yeah, but it's like, do we let the women fall by the wayside is where... No,
2: <laughs> it's never going ne- to... You, you can never balance that. There's never going to be a good reason to do that. You know, Even in the end, it's going to cost more money.
0: Diana Davana Center. I'm sorry I don't mean to cut you off it's the Diana Devana Center, oh, which was good. created and they helped us out a lot and so yeah. did United Way at the right. time but yeah. yeah you're right it is more expensive
2: because when you don't when you take any group of people in society which we're seeing this now in in the politics of life um and you um and you say okay this this member of society you know is worth working on and this member of society is not worth working on it never works out it do Even in a family like you took, you you know, when you label somebody the black sheep in the family, you Mm. know, it just it never works out. Yeah. You know, we have to embrace everybody and realize that none of us are any good unless all of us are good. Talking
0: about discarding human lives. Right. It doesn't matter. Uh, Yes. Gender is, you know, labeled. Right, but it's a human life. Right. And I, I don't mean to cut you off. I just want to say if anyone wants to call into the show, if anyone needs help, if there are any females listening that need to speak or ask any questions, you can call uh, 888 415 9139 That's one eight 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 four one five nine one three nine. 415 9139 And listen, if you, you are a woman and you're calling into the show, our conversation will be very brief. I'm going to put you in contact with the right woman to help you or the right um, uh pathway to help you um, i'm not here to counsel women or anything like that i'm just here to kind of relay
1: the help and need <laughs> i <God>. have to <laughs> no, i have to laugh at that one a man counseling a woman no, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 you know I, I, that works out yeah, well yeah, yeah. I, I was at
0: i was at this program i was speaking the other day and we're asking them we're asking the the crowd are, are there any changes that you'd like to see in this tss right i'm not going to mention the tss you know but would, are there any changes right and so we're going through this and a guy raises his hand and he's like um <laughs> he raises his hand and he goes well i'd like to talk to some of the women here more and he's like uh because <laughs> i just you know i feel more comfortable talking and if anyone sees this, this is my dog attacking me um he Lexi. goes I, I just feel more comfortable being able to talk to women and and i thought he was talking about the consoles. he just wants to talk to more of the clients, yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm sitting there like, dude, yeah, well, she's know, got nothing to offer you, yeah, and you've yeah. got nothing to offer her. It,
2: it that's a that's a very difficult topic mm. to get into when you're talking about people in recovery because, the, it's very very painful getting sober. It's very painful going into the path of recovery. Your mind wants to distract you any way it can, and that's what you know human beings do. We look for other people to make us feel good. And that's, you know, that's yeah. a trap that a lot of people fall into. Um, I don't think we do it on a conscious level a lot of times. I think we do it unconsciously. Some, you know, Absolutely. sometimes, I, I mean, sometimes when you fall into the same hole a hundred times, you know, you're doing it consciously. But, you know, um, and I always say there's, there's no way to fool Mother Nature. Mother Nature will find a way, yeah. you know, so it's um, it's it's very difficult to find that balance where, you know, you really focus on your recovery. That's why they say things like 30, 60, 90 and, you know, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. It's just try to, you know, do one thing at a time. Um, when you're getting sober, you're not in your, that's not the best part of you. You don't really want to start a relationship at that point if you can help it you know so that's um, a great so, way to
1: say that yeah and so let me ask you so um, like you said 30 60 90 mm-hmm. so we know that the longer that you can be um, in recovery like in a um, like the Arduino Martin house a right. place that has structure and discipline right obviously the longer you stay in one of these facilities the better off your chances obviously must be Percentage-wise, be a little bit greater.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's one of the reasons why we started the um, the Graduate House after the Edwina-Martin House. People can stay at the Edwina-Martin House for four to six months.
1: That's uh, perfect, because that's what I was just leading into. So yeah. what can you tell us about, um, so they go to the Edwina-Martin House, house yeah. and then in 2012, the Graduate House...
2: Opened up, up and um, and so what happens is when we have people come into the Edwina Martin House, they come really from a lot of different walks of life, and um, you know we could have somebody come in from an EAP program who still has their job, or we can have somebody come in from the shelter who's been living on the streets, Mm -hmm. and based on what their needs are, we try to help them with um, you know things as basic as hygiene or mental health or you know uh, getting some. Uh, treatment for trauma or loss or, uh, or something like that. And uh, then we also try at the same time, simultaneously, you're trying to teach them about their addiction and recovery and um, their options that they have for uh, recovery. Uh, then we try to do things like mind and body, you know, yoga and eating properly. And, there's, you know, it seems like a lot of basic stuff happening, but it's for the person who's trying to change their life, it's a lot coming at them right. at once. And so they get their footing. They may get a, a, a job and they're uh, going to mental health counseling and they're participating in the groups in the house. And they may even go to like a 12-step program, um, AA or NA, and get a sponsor and things like that. And then they're just getting a hold of things and that now it's time for them to graduate. And they've done a lot of changes in a short period of time, and for for a lot of people, it's like I'm not I'm not ready I'm not re- I don't need to stay here, but I'm not ready for the next step. And that's where we're going, trying to get another graduate house going, is they go down to the next step, which is some wraparound services while they are working, um, supporting themselves, reuniting with their families, and uh, still have the support of a uh, house where other people were that are doing the same thing they're doing in the same kind of time frame. So they had the same kind of struggles of, you know, not the first day of being sober, but now, you know, life still hits you when you get sober, you know, and you still need to learn how to deal with life on life's terms. And uh, being in a uh, so uh, yeah sober house, graduate house, where other people are doing the same thing can be very helpful. They do that for another year or so. They really have a good Foundation.
1: Foundation. Yeah,
2: and that's what they really need is a solid foundation. Anybody can stay sober for a second. Try doing it for a year. You know, it's.
1: So basically, you guys recognize that need. Yeah. For the next step. Yeah. Because it just wasn't enough. You're getting. You're just getting your feet underneath you. Yeah. And then, boom, you're back out. Which is probably explains why there's a lot of relapse. Right, um, yeah. they go right back into yeah. the same situation that they they came from. Right, because um, a lot of them don't have anywhere to turn. Right, and so you guys recognize that. And then in yeah. 2012, you um, you you purchased another house.
2: Right, we purchased a house on uh, North Main Street. Uh, it was um,
1: in Brockton. Right in yep.
2: Brockton, and it was it was. Not in good condition, <laughs> okay. But the house was at the right price, and we were able to rehab the house, and it's a beautiful house now. And um, one of the things about the graduate house that we run is we try to keep it affordable for the women. Yeah, it, it's not a set price where um, you know it's two hundred bucks. You might work at Dunkin' Donuts, and you're you know you're not making enough you know Slide money on for scale. right. So it's That's um, it is it's yeah. you know so so that they can really afford it. For that next year, and also save a little money for their transition. Because, right. you know, we're still, we would like them to go out and eventually live in society and uh, be productive members in their communities, you know?
1: So, so the, how many beds are in the Edwina Mountain House? 21. We have 21, 21 beds.
2: We can have um, uh, three, uh, we can have like a, you know, pregnant or uh, somebody who would, uh, newborn, yep. three, three of those beds. Uh, part of that 21, and uh, then we have eight beds at our graduate house.
1: Wow, that's excellent. And it's funny, too, because um, the Edwina Mount house, I I took a tour. Yeah. I want to make sure I said that correctly. I took a tour. Tour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, it's very deceiving because it's a very small house yeah. on the outside, but once you get inside yeah. and you start walking it's around, it's yeah. roomy. It's yes. really it's yeah. it's very cool, um, yeah. and it's it's very needed. Yeah. Um, and so, would they get the um, the um, same treatment? Do they continue along with the same yeah, treatment from a, the Adwina to the graduate?
2: Yeah, host? it's it's a step down treatment because okay. you you don't want to live that intensely. Yep. Yeah. Forever, you want people to kind of generally step down into a, a normal way of life, but definitely there's counseling, wraparound services, uh, alumni groups that they go to. Sometimes we have activities that right. we do, and um, if somebody's struggling with something, we try to pull them in and uh, make sure they get the services they need because you don't have to go all the way back,
1: you know. Right. Yeah. It's funny too, I, I uh, and I know I had mentioned this to you when I took the tour, but. I didn't even know about the Edwina Martin House, but I had worked with a, a friend in construction, a woman, um, mm-hmm. who had gone through, and I used to pick her up over there mm-hmm. um, and take her into work. She didn't have a car and everything at the time. Yeah. But uh, she didn't she didn't make it, unfortunately. Yeah. She, but, um, you know, she did speak highly of the Edwina Martin House. And yeah. so, uh, but I think it. And that was going back to the early uh, yeah. 2000s. Yeah. So the
2: One thing uh. I want to just say about treatment is... Um, whether somebody graduates the program or not, we hope that we give them enough information that they can, you know, start that challenge to get right. again, you know. They don't need to start it at the Edwina Martin house or something. But, you know, know that they can go back to detox or, you know, back into treatment. Hopefully right. they get that message, you know, that it's not a one-time shot. We know that right. now with, right. the, you know, powerful opiates out there that, uh, you know, sometimes people just need to keep trying.
0: I mean, when you... Uh, so you uh, you've been working at the house for how long now? Nine years. So nine years. Even even uh, okay. So now I'd say 15 years ago we've dealt with the opioid. But in your 31 years of recovery, um, in your 31 years of recovery, sorry, <laughs> uh, producer, um, uh, in your He's 31 years updated. of recovery, the opiate, the the Has. heroin was never like this. Yeah, I, I, I know that. I, in everything the, in is.
2: M- Everything is more um, fortified, more powerful. Uh, People, you know, they think they're going to experiment with something and they find themselves being held captive by their addiction. You know, they think they thought they were going to go out and experiment and next thing you know, their lives are hitchhiked.
0: Even the 80s. um, So I'm an 80s baby and I can remember, you know, people drinking around the table. And you know, then I'm getting older, and I understand what was going on. A lot of people were either sniffing coke, smoking crack, drinking alcohol, and then we had this one guy. Uh, you know, we called him Uncle Jesse or Messy Jesse. He was the taboo. He was the heroin addict. Oh yeah. And see how we, no one, we, no one we no one added, see how we do that in so society now, to so, people. Yeah. There's
2: always the <laughs> we 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 do it with everything. Yeah. You know. We, but
0: now, now you go to a party everyone's on heroin yeah and you've got the one taboo person in the bathroom sniffing coke yeah yeah or drinking alcohol yeah, ho- like yeah. I, I remember i i was a heavy drinker and i replaced out al- al- like i replaced my alcohol with opiates yeah because i'm like i'm less messy right now yeah. i'm less of a right. i could work i could yeah. show up for work and then all of a sudden the opiates took over like alcohol took over, and I couldn't show up for work. Right. And I was going through withdrawals, and now I'm borrowing money on a Monday, and um, it, it just society almost reversed on what it does. And, and I think yeah. the messages, I mean, the D.A.R.E. program collapsed. Yeah. And and I don't think that we're giving enough message towards yeah the young.
2: And yeah, and you see it the and it's starting to be reintroduced in advertising now. You know, the uh, you see Pop being introduced in advertising. You see liquor again in advertising. You see, you know, so, um, you know, people's messages aren't like I just, saw, just have one. You I know? just saw
0: something the <laughs> other day, and it was uh, an NFL player um, dealing with uh, substance abuse issues. And one of the topics was that the NFL should be backing him up and get, getting him the help that he needs because they're the biggest sponsor of Budweiser. Yeah. Think about the contradiction. You cannot do drugs, and you have to get on our drug program, but I also need you to stand in front of this can of beer when you're doing your interview. Uh, yeah. You know, well, I mean, it's, it's
2: that's a, a money thing. I, I was just going to say, say, money, money, money. Money, right, just, money will make you do yeah, a lot of I things. Ta- <laughs> ta-
0: I was talking to a family member yesterday, and we are talking about weed. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to her and and she smokes weed, and i I don't judge her it's that's her thing. she's mm. not flipping her life upside down and um, but we started talking about the dispensaries mm-hmm. and we started talking about I said, look, I said they're gonna design stuff that are marketing not towards you or me the kids the kids sour patch kids yeah. let's let's make them look edible right you know edibles yeah. look edible, right, but they don't my daughter loves candy mm-hmm. now if I was uh, if I ate edibles, mm-hmm. and I have Sour Patch Kids here and Sour Patch Kids for her, mm-hmm. and I make the mistake of giving her the wrong ones, Right. or you know, and and it's, it's things like that, but it's it's the
2: idea of the marketing to to make the kids want it. It's even like, not not even the mistake part of it. It's just the fact that they're yes. making it very. Um, Visually, a a, yeah, and, and, <laughs> You think
0: that's, uh, that those Sour Patch kids and all those things that look like, uh, you know, regular sweets yeah. are not going to escape those stores yeah. illegally? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's unbelievable. Even right now, they talk about, oh, the, we're going to get the taxes. Get taxes. But I know. The, the loophole around the law is that I could deliver marijuana to your house for a donation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it, that takes away the taxes right there. Yeah. I could sell you weed as a donation. And it takes away the taxes that we're supposedly going to get. Colorado's a mess right now.
2: I know. I I heard. And it's sad. Yeah, it, I, I heard that 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 was happening with Colorado. Yeah. 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 And everybody's walking around with a, a, a medical marijuana card, mm. even the kids in high school and stuff. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's difficult, you know. It, and it, it
0: makes your job. As someone that works
1: in the treatment, field.
2: gives me a lot of job security. Well, well listen, just I'm going to play
1: devil's advocate here yeah, because yeah. we we really um, the uh, the marijuana is a very uh, hot topic. I mean, I, I get a lot of heat um, about that. People tell me nobody's ever died from marijuana, and um, it's uh, the it's it's a fact that um, that uh, in the places where um, uh, marijuana is legal, the opiate deaths have dropped. So again, it's a um, you know there's a big case for it i am not for it and my uh, and anybody that knows me knows i'm not for it and, and the main reason is mm-hmm. the kids yeah i don't care if an adult wants to smoke but we we're, we're in the middle of trying to fight the opiate addiction and anybody that begins um, in that field and begins to understand addiction. I think, like, uh, did you say hijacked or something earlier? Yeah. The I mean, mind? Yeah,
2: well, the person, yeah, they get hijacked. The brain they're, right, they're, gets
1: hijacked. Right. And anybody that understands addiction
2: yeah.
1: and how the brain works, um, which at some point we are working on having a, a doctor come in who explains how this works. Yeah, that would be good. Um, understands um, um, how the life of addiction begins. And right. so, yeah, you can make your case why it's good, but the bottom line is we're going to be marketing to the kids. If my kid went to school and ate a cookie and ended up in the emergency room, I have an issue with that. Yeah. And I'd be uh, very upset with any parent and if you, who didn't, if whether you, they smoke it or not. It's right. like,
0: Here's the other thing, too, is if your kid's underage and your kid eats that brownie, you have an issue with it and so does in the hospital mm-hmm. room social worker yeah. correct so now you have you have a you've got legal yeah. issues now yeah, and, yeah. and and here's the other thing too is they say oh, opioid, opioid deaths have dropped in colorado but uh driving under the influence deaths have increased with thc in their system yeah. and they say it costs so Colorado, I think, uh, you know, I'm gonna rough the numbers here, but I, I remember them pretty good. Colorado made about two billion, or no, it's made about 1.2 billion dollars in from the taxes from the marijuana. But to educate someone's death, to adjudicate someone's death, it costs 1.2 million dollars. They've had two billion dollars in deaths since that bill has wow. passed. So now Colorado is in debt, and we've passed a law in Massachusetts that has even more loopholes than Colorado. So it's, they, you know, th- these are the things that they hide. They'll paint that opioid deaths are down, but they won't tell you that driving under the influence deaths are up. And it, like you say, unfortunately gives you job security. Right. But your whole job is not... No, that you're was You're not never, hoping for them yeah. to come back yeah. into the program. Oh, no. You're hoping to create people in society right. that want to do something better. Right. Um, uh, so we have five minutes left. Um, I just want to uh, tell everyone that we really appreciate you guys listening. Um, this has been an honor and a privilege to uh, interview Thank you, Judy. You. Some of the stuff that you said is just its unbelievable. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like
1: to say? Hold on. Um, yeah, I do. Uh, but before you do, give out that number again, Shane. Uh,
0: the number is one eight eight eight. 415 That's one eight 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 four one five nine one three nine. 415 9139
1: Do you want to borrow my floral reading glasses? No, I wrote no? it down somewhere. <laughs> okay. I can't cool. find it. <clears throat> All right. So as as um, Shane was just thanking Judy, um, so a- as we know that um, the Edwina Martin House started and then we had a uh, graduate house uh, started, which yeah. gives um, uh, our lovely ladies even more time yeah. in recovery and a, a much more um, solid... Uh, foundation, and so um, you guys have an event coming up April first, correct? Right. And now, is that if I understand correctly, um, is that event t- uh, to raise money to to get an, uh, another house? That's exactly what it's for. It's for. Can another. you tell us about yeah. that?
2: So, yeah. where um, when we opened up the first graduate house, we weren't sure how it was going to fly, how things were going to go. One thing I can tell you about a soba house or a graduate house or anything. One of the mistakes people make is um, they don't plan for when things don't go well. So we had to have a, um, that was one of the things we were were, um, planning, you know, we're going to plan for if somebody does relapse, what is the protocol going to be? So we have a plan that, you know, it's not just going to be a a mess, you know, so, um, well, when we did open that house, it has been working extremely well. We've had uh, a lot of success out of there. And um, so what we're going to do is we're going to open up another graduate house. And um, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to open it up in the same neighborhood so that, the, you know, they're close to the Edwina Martin house. And they can get services there and they can get services at the at the graduate house. So um, to tick to, to this. Yeah, um, Sorry,
1: I didn't mean to cut you off, Judy, but. So would, so would you go to that, so you go to the Edwina Martin house, to the graduate house, house, and then from there, would you no. go? Oh, so you're going to have two, two graduate, graduate houses, houses. That's the to way accommodate
2: the people, because gotcha. we can only accommodate eight women yeah. at a time now. So gotcha. so okay. we'd like to have a little bit more. Um, and um, so we're going to have a uh, April Fool's Day fundraiser. It's going to be at the IBEW Hall, April Fool Falls, on Saturday night. So that's perfect. We're going to have three comedians. Three comedians? I'm telling you, you have no idea. So. Um, Who's your headliner? Our headliner is my, Michael Pettit.
1: Michael Pettit. Yeah, I yeah know he's Michael really Pettit. good. Yeah, he's he's phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah. And I think um, if, uh, well. Uh, Jessica. Cassiano, Giano,
2: yes, Jessica Cassiano. How did I know that? that uh, yeah,
1: Judy. She, how did I know that? Yeah, Jessica because you, who's another Bill, phenomenal comedian,
2: right? Because Bill Farrell helped us uh, mm. design this little. Uh, fund, you know, Bill Farrell? Bill Farrell, Farrell? yeah, the with one two L's? and only, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one with two L's, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he helped um, helped us with this. So, he came to us one day and said, "I'm, um, uh, I would like to help you with a fundraiser." And I said, "Good," because we have one going for our graduate house. So okay. it just. Uh, We have
1: um, anybody big going to be coming to the um
2: yes, we have um, we have the mayor of Brockton, which is uh, Bill Carpenter, who's been a big uh, supporter of the Edwina Martin House, and we have Marty Walsh, the mayor of Boston, who's also been a big supporter. And Marty's very
1: vocal oh. about his recovery. Oh yes, very. Yeah. yeah. yeah so we yeah. definitely love to get him. him? Uh, yeah. Maybe we can try. We're going to try to get him onto the show. Yeah, that would be good. Maybe he... have him call in so yeah, he can talk yeah, about yeah. recovery from his point yeah. of view. Yeah. So, um, yep. So, guys, let me just. Um, we got to wrap this up, Judy. Yep. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. You've been phenomenal. Thank you. Um, as usual mm. and uh, compassionate and loving. Um, that's what uh, Judy is all about. Okay. Um, so the Edwina Martin House is out of. Um, and uh, if you know um, any women that are looking to um, um, seek some resources, some help, you can call one 9139 And um, the um, uh, comedy show event, which is going to be held at the IBEW Hall in um, Dorchester, um, will be consist of uh, raffles, food, auction items, music, and all that money raised. Is going to go to another um, graduate house to uh, support women. So, with that said, um, thank you so much for coming thank on. You. I'm going to say goodbye for Shane yes. because he has a weak <laughs> bladder. <laughs> he had to run <laughs> out, <laughs> which we actually we both do on yeah, every show. Uh, yeah. As soon as we hang up, boom, we're gone. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, Guys, uh, please like and share our videos. Uh, please let people know. Message us uh, whether you like it, you didn't like it. Again, we're just trying to um, get the word out there about recovery and do the best that we can um, to spread the word, educate, and awareness. And um I uh, will let Shane say goodbye now that okay. he's back, and then we'll close out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> they know Shane. They know where you went. <laughs> yeah, and I told them. We'll just yeah. say that
0: I was chasing <laughs> my dog down. Uh, so, um, no, we just uh, like you say, episode three was unbelievable. Thank I'm you. so glad that um, that we got a insight from a woman yep. instead of getting insight from a man on a woman's perspective. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> because more often than not, men dominate the. The topic and the subject mm-hmm. so um we really do appreciate that i'm sure the women listening appreciate that yes thank you for the edwina listening. martin house is in brockton brockton massachusetts um it is very difficult to get into halfway houses in massachusetts um and we would love to have you come back um next yeah. week we're going to have tommy batista on here he is a youtube facebook sensation he kind of makes play on uh, some of the craziness that goes down in the Florida treatment fields. Okay. Um, so, uh, if you want to tune in next week, you, you be have every awesome. right. And we'd love to have you back on the show. And once okay. again, we just want to thank everyone for coming on to the show, listening. Uh, and um, that's I'll, it. I will you're just
1: good. say, yes, um, goodbye to everybody. And, men, please, if you're going to counsel your women, do it very cautiously. <laughs> thank you very much. All right, take have care. Have a great day, guys. Bye bye. <laughs>